Hello and welcome to MikeyPod. Today is March 11th, 2016. This is episode 206 of this fine podcast. My guest today is Harris Markowitz. He is a brilliant, that sounds like such a piece of shit word. I don't know what the word is I want to use for that. Um, but I mean it. I think he's very, very smart about what he does. He makes these uh, Snapchat films. You should follow him on Snapchat. Follow him on Snapchat. If you don't know what to do with Snapchat, follow him on Snapchat. If you want to be in, like, yeah, just do it. Okay, so we'll be hearing from him in a minute. I have some housekeeping stuff to do. Uh, in case you haven't heard this podcast before, uh, my name is Michael Heron. I am a uh, composer, a musical performance artist, if you will. I create pieces of uh, theater with electronic music and strings and spoken word and video. And I've got one of those shows coming up. It's not till October. Uh, if you do want to see a work in progress reading of it, I'll be doing it at Historic Judson Memorial Church. Um, West Village, New York City, April 28th. And uh, you can read all about it on my website, michaelherron.com. I'm doing all of it in cooperation with an animal sanctuary. It's going to be a pretty cool thing. This, especially these past couple of weeks, my writing has started, things have started coming together, and I'm super psyched about what's being created. So I would love it if you would follow me on that journey. Um, sorry about the bumping. I'm bumping my... my uh, <laughs> that sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? I was bumping my, my microphone stand. Ah, what else did I want to tell you? Uh, drip is gone. I think I told you that last week. My subscription service. Uh, there were a handful of people in there. Some of you may be listening to this podcast. Uh, if you missed it, March 18th is the cutoff date. They're shutting the doors on that website. Total bummer. I love that site. Uh, eh. What can you do? I'm already moving my stuff over to Patreon. I haven't made it official yet, but you can go subscribe over there if you want to. There will be more details to come on that. Um, Patreon.com slash Michael Heron. I think that's everything. Uh, I want to. I, I need to throw a nugget in here in the beginning about why, what this is you're listening to. <laughs> uh, the thing that's interesting about this podcast, and it's starting to come clear to me that what I do here is present things and share things and people and topics, activists who I find very important and I want to share with you. Um, yeah, I guess that did it, didn't it? I want to write that shit up. What do you guys think? Should I? I love having a cold open and no theme song on this podcast. Do you agree? A lot of times when I listen to a podcast and there's a big long theme song, and especially if it's on every episode, I don't want to hear all that. Am I? Are you with me? Should I make a theme? I've written themes for other podcasts, <laughs> and I get tired of listening to those as well. Um, yeah, I like a cold open, but I think I'm going to tighten it. Anyway, let's hear a track. This is a uh, track from, oh my God, I cannot say the name of this album. I've never tried to say the name of this album. The band is called Choir of Young Believers. This track is from their most recent album, which I will not try to pronounce, Grask. I guess I will try to pronounce it. Um, this is called Serious Lover. After this, we'll hear from Harris. <laughs> Bye-bye. 
Paris Markowitz is the founder of A Serial Production, a Snapchat-focused micro-content production company working with some of the biggest brands, publishers, creators, and celebs to help launch, grow, and maintain a high-level Snapchat account. ACP also produces micro-content on all social platforms, as well as short films and documentaries. And I'm a big fan. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, for sure. Um, I, I was trying to think today how I originally found you on Snapchat, and I can't remember, but I love <laughs> your Snapchat, your snaps. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I, um, when the QR code first came out, I like jumped right on then, took a screenshot, made a couple stickers, and put them around New York City. So maybe from that, maybe word of mouth, who knows? Yeah, I, I saw you in somebody's something. I'm not sure what it was. It could have been Josh you- Peck. I'm friends with Josh Peck, and one time he gave me a shout out because he liked my story, and I got a good number of ads from that. So maybe, oh, yeah. Maybe who him. knows? Um, yeah. So what, do you have a background in film or is this something you picked up since? So when I was younger, I used to be obsessed with CKY and, and Jackass. I like love like the rawness of what they were doing and how creative their stunts were. So like growing up, I always was filming me and my friend skateboarding and doing like stupid stunts. Um, I just always loved movies and, um, I stopped, I, I was always making videos when I was in middle school, like stuff in reverse, just playing with iMovie. Um, and then in high school, I totally dropped it, didn't do anything. It wasn't until I think it was my junior year of college that I picked up, I got a DSLR camera. I was taking pictures when I was abroad. I studied in Barcelona, took some videos, but didn't have any editing software. And I, I, like, I knew that I could pick it up quickly if I started doing it, but I was just, I had another business in um, college. It was called Bar to Bar Transport. And basically it was um, Uber. But instead of having town cars, we had party buses. So, <laughs> so if you're with like 20, 30, 40 people, rather than calling like five cabs, you can call one person could call one of the buses um, and it could take everybody from point A to point B. You pay through the app. So I was kind of like distracted by that and stuff um, with my schoolwork. So it wasn't until like the story came out that I was like, oh, wow, here's an easy way to create content. I could tell a story, and it's essentially a blank canvas. So um, I don't have a background in film. I'm kind of I'm trying to go like the Casey Neistat, pave my own path kind of route rather than the film school, conventional, be on set, and then work your way up route. Uh, yeah, I think that's what appeals to me about your work because I'm also a Casey Neistat fan. Um, just from his like pave your own path sort of, oh, my God, he's so fucking success- successful mm-hmm thing um so when you say story you're talking about the snapchat story yeah can put together i know that's cool i just want to um like uh, snapchat really eludes a lot of people which is kind of like and your account is who i send people to who don't get it it's either that or the snappumentary that i'm like watch this hmm. and it'll give you like an idea of what you can do um but i wonder like the medium itself snapchat is so temporary right even if you do mm-hmm. a story it's at 24 hours that it's deleted is that right yes um Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say like a lot of brands and people are just so um, like married to the idea that it's ephemeral, which equals it disappears, which equals very low value. But I think it's the opposite of that. I think that because it's ephemeral, because there's a shortened lifespan, people feel the they have the urgency to go see it. If they hear from a friend, yo, you got to check out this guy's story. It's awesome. Like you'll go watch it right now. You won't put it off because if you hear about somebody's great Instagram, you can go back and see it with Snapchat. It disappears. But at the same time, the fact that you can download the story um, and save it to your camera roll, it gives it a whole new life. So 
Um, I have every great story I've ever done. It's all on YouTube. So um, I resurrect all my ephemeral content. So I think that I think it's more special, and I think that um, it just has a totally different like point for living, you know. Um, and yeah, so. Did you have that feeling about Snapchat when you first discovered it, or is it something that sort of grew? You know, that sense of like appreciating the urgency. Right. Um, when the story first came out, it was just you do a snap, it disappears after 24 hours, and now is it. And you couldn't save it at the time. You couldn't like you couldn't save individual snaps. You couldn't um, save the entire story. So I just really appreciated the fact that I could just take a picture or a video, not think too much of it, post it, and then it's gone. Where on Instagram, it's like, okay, I go into my camera roll, I pick the one best photo from my trip, I edit it, I, it takes me like 30 minutes, then I post it, and then I look for the likes. Where on Snapchat, it's, let me just share what I'm doing right now and then be done with it. So um, at first, it was very much of that. And then I started to figure out, like, wow, I can actually tell a story with like a beginning, middle, and end. And it wasn't until... Um, I think after January last year, like towards the beginning of February, you could save the entire story. So that's when I was like, okay, why don't I really focus on making an incredible piece of content that I could save and download and hopefully have the quality so high that people would even doubt the fact that it was created in the app on Snapchat. Yeah, like I'm, th- I'm thinking about your whole process. Like this morning I looked at your Snapchat and I caught just the end of something. It was literally the thing you did with the blueberries <laughs> when like, like you spelled out in like you do this stop. Mo- I'm, I'm saying this to you, but I'm yeah. saying to listeners mm. that you do this like stop motion thing. That's really great. Like super smart. The whole tapping thing. It's great. But I only caught the end. I saw the end and with the and then the smashed blueberries. And it's yeah. true about that sense of urgency. I'm like, oh, shit, I have to look at this more frequently so I don't miss right. what that was the end of, you know. Right. So it's really cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, there's something. This is the worst interviewer question ever. <laughs> but <laughs> there was something you posted recently that I was like, oh, I need to make sure I talk about that. And I can't remember what it was. It's another push for something you're working on. I tried like a film festival, probably. That's it. Yeah, that was and, it. Yeah, I only, only I just posted that I uh, that I entered. So last year was when I really kind of coined the fr- for myself at least coined the phrase like snap film or Snapchat movie. Nobody was doing it at the time, and I just saw that you know if people see this the way that I see it, and if I'm right in my bullish way of thinking about Snapchat being so big, then people are going to start creating films on Snapchat. Like, why not? You know, you can create content beginning, middle, and end. And a couple of months, I think like a month ago, Kylie Jenner, like it blew up because she, instead of just like playing with her lip in her car, she decided to actually do like a <laughs> little like Snapchat um, soap opera. Well, she had one of her friends who's a videographer help her do it. And people were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Thinking that like this is the turning point. And I started emailing a bunch of the, a bunch of the writers who were talking about it on like BuzzFeed or Business Insider. I'm like, hey, yeah, I think what you wrote was great. I totally agree. Like what Kylie's doing is so great. But here's a Snapchat movie I did a year ago, you know? So, and it wasn't until the Tribeca, this Tribeca Film Festival just opened up a Snapchat movie um, category. They partnered up with Snapchat for it. And they actually reached out to me asking me if I was going to be in it. And I was like, 100%, this is incredible. So that's like, this is kind of the validation that I need to know that this is going to be bigger than we all think. Uh, yeah, that's so Tribeca Film Festival reached yeah. out to you. You're definitely going to be in it. Yeah, yeah I already submitted. I think the, um, the, the submission window, I think it just closed. But 
Um, yeah, I just submitted. So there were a lot of rules. It had to be like PG, had to be like PG, had to be comedy, but you couldn't use any um, like any content or music that you don't own. So it was kind of a hard. Um, there were a lot, like the guidelines were pretty difficult. So all the old stories that I've done, I couldn't really submit. So I did this new one about the feeling like when you go to tap your side to see if you have your wallet and you don't feel like I always know my wallet's in my left pocket. So if I am walking and I tap it and I don't feel that I get this like burning, crazy, dark sensation. I go to this like, <laughs> dark place where I'm like, Oh my God. And it's like life, it goes in slow. mo like, where is it? And then I keep tapping and then maybe it's in my back pocket or in my, in my backpack. So the story that I did kind of, that was the premise of it where you go to that dark place and we actually personified that dark place, um, in the Snapchat story. And that'll only be viewable at the film festival. Is that right? Um, no. So I posted that um, and it was live for 24 hours and then I downloaded it and submitted it. I'm going to put it on YouTube so I can send that to you after. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was different. It was like, I did it all in my apartment and we had to be creative. And one thing just for your um, listeners and for you, like one thing that I talk about with brands or my friends about Snapchat, like quality snapchatting is all about problem solving and like hacking so a lot of the things that i've done where people are like oh did you upload or oh like how did like how did you cheat that no i was just very diligent and thought outside of the box how can i bring this to life how can i do what i want to do um but also respecting the nuances of snapchat and like kind of their um their guidelines which are keeping everything in the app so we use different lighting and we we like took different angles we got different props and created this this um this environment that looked like we were actually like on a set so um so yeah yeah I, uh, there was one of your films that you did that i saw a lot of that the, the lighting and it was black and white i can't remember the film but i remember being like oh yeah. my god like so did you film all that stuff with your phone or did you yeah. somehow okay that's awesome so we had we went to my friend's apartment down in tribeca and he had like an open he has like an open living room area and we just used different um different parts of the apartment and we had one lamp that we would manipulate the light and we also put the black and white filter on and we dressed in um like we had suits and top hats so you had that yeah, yeah, yeah. 50s noir theme to it and people were like wow i can't believe i'm like yeah you could do a black and white film you can do a futuristic film you can do whatever you want in snapchat they give you so many resources so, yeah, it's exciting. So I, I think you sort of just answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Oh. The, so the limitations of Snapchat, like it sounds like they are inspiring you, right? Like, so people, have it, people call them like limitations, and I forgot what it was that made me say this to my friends, but they were like, oh, like Snapchat, this, this. I'm like, they don't need to uh, – I think maybe about the analytics. Like Snapchat doesn't need to fix something that isn't broken. I don't really see them as restrictions. I see them as just like that's the way they've done it. So um, – because you only have 10 seconds, because you can only do like photos or whatever, it makes you think about what you're creating and your, and your lens kind of changes. So um, I don't see them as restrictions. I see them as like he, just a different arena for creation. So there's an app called Photo. It's like P-H-H-H-O-T-O. And it's kind of what Boomerang is on Instagram. Like it, it, they were doing this like years ago where it's a second video GIF, like GIF that plays back and forth. And if you take like a, a picture of the ocean, it goes like back and forth, back and forth. And it makes you think about the way you create differently. And it's, I, the same thing with Beam. Are you familiar with Beam, Casey? Nice yeah, sense. yeah. Yeah, so, I was curious about your thoughts on Beam as well. So I was a beta tester on Beam and I, I knew how they 
were using it, like you hold it to your chest or they want you to record like what you're seeing without it being in front of your eyes. And I, I understood the premise, but I thought, how can I use this four second video um, automatic posting app to tell a story and do it differently? And that's kind of my approach to everything. And what I would do is I would put the phone down on the floor, kind of inverted against the wall so I can walk past it and people are like, whoa, like, how, how do you do that without his hands? You know, So um, I like that it forced me to think about how I create and how I tell stories differently. Um, I just think Casey said in one of the one of the, uh, podcasts that he was on that um, part of Bean's intention is to give people the ability to share and create by taking the creativity aspect out of it. And so people, but people love on Snapchat how you could take a selfie and then you could change a filter and then delete it and take it again and, or draw or um, just reshoot. And he takes that out of it. So. I, I understood what he was trying to do and what he's looking to do, but I think there's a very niche audience for that, and he's definitely at the forefront of that, where it's just like live sharing and consistent um, just recording. So um, I don't. It's it's not. I, I like. It's, it's not necessarily for me, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But I could definitely use it to my to to create and share. But my go-to is definitely Snapchat. Yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, shit. I had a, uh, Snapchat question to ask you. I'll ask, I have, I've put on Twitter today, if anyone had questions for you and I got one lonely question mm-hmm. from uh, honey LeBronx, who is the vegan drag queen. I don't know if you know this. Um, and she asks, how do I get into Snapchat if I'm reluctant and how is it distinct from Instagram, Facebook, Periscope, etc.? Mm-hmm. I guess we kind of have covered that, but maybe like in a, in a little nugget. Yeah. So how do you get into it? Just like, how do you get over the hump or how do you like accept it? Right. So yeah. Yeah. I guess understanding what the platform's intention is and, and why people use it that can help you. It'll help. You can help like, identify with that. People use Snapchat to share what they're doing in the moment. And, um, Evan Spiegel has spoke about how in one of his keynote speeches, how, um, when before, before um, Snapchat, when it was just Instagram and Facebook, there was this idea called digital dualism, which was coined by, um, I think, I forgot what he is now to Snapchat. He works for Snapchat. His name is Nathan Jurgensen. And he coined this phrase, which means that um, before Snapchat, you would, like for Facebook, you would go on vacation, you'd take a bunch of photos, you would then go home, you would upload those photos, pick which ones you like, then post, and then have a conversation around that content. So there was that d- divide between online and offline. With Snapchat, it gives you the ability to go out and live and live and experience stuff and share what you're doing in that moment and then d- be done with it. So I'm at a concert. I take a picture of the um, of the stage. I press share my story, my entire social graph. All my friends that follow me are able to see that right then and there while I continue to enjoy that experience. So if you find that you're able to do that and that's something that is desirable, then definitely get on it and experiment and play with it. Cool. Um, last question, the, how, or do you have tips for getting people to your Snapchat? That's one of the things I find a little bit hard to get my head around, like how to, you know, get more followers on Snapchat. Like I have that down on Twitter. Like you can, you know, it's a little easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, the reason I, I mean, before, I mean, a couple months ago or before this time right now where Snapchat's now giving you live links to add people, you know, you can have like snapchat.com slash add slash your username is a link that you can click on your phone on your computer to take you to a, take you to add the person. Before that, when 
the reason why they never allowed you to find other Snapchatters was because they want Snapchat to be a platform where you feel comfortable sharing whatever it is that you're doing. If it's an ugly face, if it's like you with your mom, if it's, there's no, there's no barriers to think about like what you're creating and what you're sharing. And if you open it up kind of like what people have been doing, like DJ Khaled sharing with like 6 million people now. So he has to think about that when he's sharing, it's not just a couple of friends. Um, so I, Kind of, of course, it's annoying. Look, I, I would love for there to be live links and for people to find me and me to just get a bunch of ads. But I don't really think about that. I just focus on the stories and every day, not focus on where I'm going. And Kate, I'm friendly with Casey Neistat. And um, when I was at the bean party, he gave me some good words of encouragement. He's like, just focus on the storytelling. Just focus on the content and the audience will find you. And I think that's just so true because that's what's been happening right now and naturally gaining more followers. So and I'm a big Kanye West fan, even though I'm not a fan of how he's been right now in the media. But right. he said, if it's good, people will find it no matter what. You know, viral videos, they go viral because it's something that's compelling and something that people haven't seen before. You know, so if I can just create great stories day in and day out, then I know people will find me. Word of mouth is the most powerful. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, my God. Well, you are creating. This feels like I'm super cheesy. And <laughs> that you are doing, Harris. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show. Um, best place to find you is Snapchat, I guess. Right. And, yeah. and we can and a serial. It's a serial production dot com. Yes. Is, OK. Um, great. Thanks so much for doing this. And Thank I will direct everyone to you. Sure. Awesome.
That was Olafur Arnolds and Nils Fromm with four. Ah, love those guys. Love them together. Love them apart. I love them. Thank you to my guest, Harris Markowitz, for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. If you did enjoy this podcast, please do stop by iTunes and give it a positive review. And uh, send me an email, mikeypod at gmail.com. That's all I got for you today. Oh, you know what? I'm going to play another song. My longtime, lifelong muse, Jane Sibbery. Uh, I love her. Her new album's out. It's uh, so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I want to play this track off it that I just think is so good. So good. And uh, I don't usually play a song at the end of the show, but this feels like an end of the show song. The song is called Mirage. It's from her latest album, Ulysses Purse. And this is Jane Sibbery. And I will see you next week.
life is a precious ring given to us by love to polish and shine with all we learn with all we earn like perhaps forgiving others and getting on with loving ourselves instead and shining will be the eyes of your friends holding your perfection when you can't when you recant your soul and descend into darkness on your way to the miracle of spring the gift of your sensitivity is truly a gift though you'll be told it's a weakness a handicap In fact, you'll be the sand of the ocean before we see it. This also means, though, you'll be standing in the village square, feeling nauseous and deaf. You'll just be picking up what's left after all the hangings that took place there. Oh, my darling, when things don't make sense. When things feel desperate and insane All beauty doomed Remember the choice that's always yours to make In the blink of an eye, the all-seeing eye You can choose to change coal into diamonds With compassion and love And greater understanding instead And as we learn to do such things With all our heart and soul and might With the intensity of single sight We'll see things we've never seen before They say we will do this and much more We'll have the healing hands To help the ones we love Which will be every living the things that turn you on that whatever makes you dark and dull and drained be gone even if people criticize and say you're wrong this makes for a life that's beautiful and bright a life that shines with your own light a life where you wake up every day excited to be up and on your way makes for love of this world where separation has no place is replaced by the sound of bells and wings and the upsweep to grace bells and wings and the upsweep to grace bells and wings and the upsweep to grace bells and wings and Absolute grace. Oh, darling, there's a man. There's a man.